I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you would, please, as we prepare to look at the Word of God. I'm going to do something a little bit differently. Um, Sister Michelle, would you please come to this mic and pray, please, for the message. Hey, Father God, uh, you have blessed us with uh, a learned pastor who... And you made it clear to him at the outset of his taking over the senior pastorship of this church that you wanted the word to be preached and that you have give, given us to understand that that's how the lost will be saved is thank by you. hearing the word. And we just thank you that you've impressed that upon our pastor's heart. He heard you. He remembers and he has taken it to heart in, in his leadership of this congregation. And we just ask you to bless him today in his delivery of the word, that it would be your words coming forth with a depth of understanding, that you would touch each of us in our hearts, and that each person in this room would be drawn nearer to you in their own way, each in their own way, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Brenda, are you feeling better today? A little bit better? A little stronger. Good. I know you weren't feeling well yesterday. was not able to go. I, I want to thank those who went with us yesterday to uh, Petaluma. We had a, a good dinner, a wonderful program, and I think it was nine of us that were there. And just want to thank you for your attending. Village will be going. Some of the, um, A number of people from... Well, not just village, the mothers as well will be going to Africa for a mission trip. They're going to be building a solar community over the next five years, the first in Africa. It's a very, I would say, uh, ambitious project. They have a lot of sun there. <laughs> uh, Latours has to leave a little early today. If you see him slip out, it's not because he's been offended by the word of God. <laughs> he has an event that he has to attend. I I need to say that for those that joined us yesterday, uh, thank you again. And I I'll just make mention that Sister Florence um, can't go anywhere without attracting attention. <laughs> she didn't think I was going to say something. As we're leaving the building, this gentleman asked the beautiful dresses that the woman had on and happened to ask Sister Florence about the dresses and event. And she must have stood there about a couple of minutes talking. And we had a good time as we walked through the parking lot and said, I'm going to talk about this on Sunday. I'm going to bring it up. Her boyfriend standing out by the pond. Yes, indeed. Sister Florence, don't take her anywhere. Can't take her anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she's gonna get away. You can't get away. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but she do have people that likes and stuff yelling at her and stuff. Hello there, you. <laughs> it's a very nice day, and I am in my lane, Sister Florence. <laughs> no, it is wonderful to be able to have some fun. In your Bibles, turn to, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. 
verses 25 through 30. Matthew 11, 25 through 30. Samantha, did you keep that car under 95 on your way home yesterday? <laughs> I'm going to ask you again, for those who can, if you're not able to, if you're not feeling well, you may be seated, but those who can stand, I'm going to read the word. Would you stand please with me as I read Matthew 11:25? through 30. Matthew 11, beginning in verse 25, and this is what it says. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. As you sit down, would you please repeat with me, you have an invitation by Jesus. You have an invitation by Jesus. It is God's prerogative to, de- to disclose his will to any and whomever he chooses to. The brief prayer that begins in verse 25 of Matthew 11 of our text follows after that which Jesus pronounces judgment on three cities. We read last week that there was a pronouncement of judgment on these cities. We don't know that when Jesus says in the passage, at that time, the very first words of verse 25, at that time, we don't know if there had been a pause after he had denounced the three cities that had rejected him, And if he's in fact in another place, but it ties directly into what has gone before. Point number one, a prayer of thanksgiving. A prayer of thanksgiving. Epigenosco, E-P-I-G-I-N-O-S-K-O. Epigenosco. In the Greek, I have mentioned sometime in the past, gnosko means to know. It means to know. Epigonosco speaks of an intimate relationship where one person knows another through and through. It is a relationship that one knows that person very, very well. It goes beyond just to know. Epigonosco. This is the relationship that Jesus has with his Father. 
Now, after Jesus has pronounced judgment on the cities that did not repent, he turns to his father and offers a prayer of thanksgiving for God's wisdom and how he has chosen to reveal his plan as revealed through and in Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that after he turns and rebukes the cities where he had done most of his miracles, he then turns to his father and offers this prayer. The prayer that is offered appears to be a public prayer. Jesus is not praying in silence, and we see that this prayer of thanksgiving offered to his father that he's thanking him that he has guarded the revelation of his plan for a very specific group. Not given to those who consider themselves to be wise. Now we see, I'm going to say, as I see this, we see the guarding of God's plan in at least two ways. I see that the guarding of God's plan, it comes in at least two ways, and it's right in the text. One, that it was hidden from the wise and the understanding. God hid his plan from those that feel they are self-sufficient. I don't need God. I can come to God on my own. I can come to God just as I decide to. The plan of God has been hidden from those individuals. This does not mean he sent it to the dumb and to the foolish. No, doesn't have that in mind. But it, it contrasts those who are self-reliant and do not feel that they need him. You see, some people feel that they have more to offer God than what God has to offer them. God, you should use me because it's me. I'm here, Lord. I, I, I got some good plans for you, and you can just call everybody else off. Would you turn two down just a little bit, please? Just a tad. See, if God really wants to make an impact, some people say, he'll use me. <laughs> I'm, I'm available, Lord. Just use me. I got a lot to offer you. No, no. Well, God has bypassed the wisdom of this world. You see, the world thinks they don't need God. So we see that he has hidden, hidden his plan from the wise. The, the second way is that we see the guarding of the plan in that it was revealed to little children. Little children. Even though children can be selfish, we know that children can be selfish. It is dealing with the idea of him speaking about the dependence that children have on adults. You see, children need total care. You, you can't just put a little baby out by himself and expect that baby to go to the kitchen and feed itself, go wash its clothes, go bathe itself. That child needs total care, total dependence. It is children that is mentioned here, and not only children, but the Bible says little children. It is another reference for us as people that feel that we cannot make it in this life unless we have God. The Lord has chosen to reveal his plan to those who have come to him. Not the self-sufficient. 
Not those who feel, I don't need to come to God. I'm busy. I've got enough going on for myself. Now, let me say this. In, in, in child development, there is this term called rapprochement. Rapprochement. It almost feels like reproachment. It is a period where a child between generally the ages of 15 to 24 months is beginning to explore their world. They began to go out. But one of the significant things that happens is that they always keep in close contact with mama or the parent. So they may venture out in a few minutes, they come back to the parent and touch the parent. They'll go back out a little bit more and then they'll, they'll come back and they'll touch their parent. That's called the, what's called the rapprochement stage of development. It is a way of letting children know, I'm going to use this other thing here because I don't like how this thing keeps keeps coming down. So what I'm going to do is turn this off and take this mic here. Brother George, thank you for wrapping this so well around the... <laughs> you did such a wonderful job. <laughs> Beautiful job. Thank you. Thank you. But the, the rapprochement stage deals with this, this matter of the child beginning to venture away from their parent. A little child, 15 to 24 months. And so when they begin to do this, if something scares them, you'll see them quickly dash and go back to their parent. Go back, go back to that place that is safe for them. The rapprochement stage. Well, when we think about this stage and think about little children, this is something that maybe you should have in the back of your mind when the Lord speaks of little children, that they don't want to get too far away because there's danger and we always need to get back to this place of safety. This is the one that the Lord has chosen to reveal his plan to the children, to those who are babes in Christ, those who don't really have a lot going for them, those who know I can't make it without the Lord. We look at verse 26, and look at what it says here in 26. Yes, Father, for such was your will. Now, it, it, now, now, we look at that word yes, it is, as I said before, Jesus at the beginning of the verse is almost like saying, Amen, I'm in agreement with what, Lord, my Father, you have done. There is an amen that Jesus states at the beginning, one could say, in agreement with what God has done. Isn't it interesting that right after there is a rejection from Chorazan and Bethsaida, and then he mentions, Capernaum, don't think you're going to be lifted up, that when it comes to judgment, Sodom, will be shown even more mercy than you because if they had been exposed to what you have, the city would have been spared. You see, the world in which we live today is going to have to suffer the most severe of consequences for their actions. Why? Because we have Christ. Yes, Father, yes. After judgment has been pronounced, Jesus prays. Now, if you're not if you're not careful, when it comes to verse 27, you will almost miss it. 
Jesus is speaking in 25 and 26 to the Father. And then almost unperceptively, in verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. It's as if he then turns back to the crowd and begins to address them. He's in direct communication with his Father. And then in verse 27, you don't even see really where the prayer ends. But you notice that it must be because he's now talking to the people. He addresses the crowd. He does not say amen at the end of 26. He agrees at the beginning and then almost just kind of tails off and begins to talk to the people. And he says this. All things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Epigenosco. Only the father knows the son through and through. And only the son knows the father through and through. <laughs> There's a special relationship that Jesus has with the Father. And you will note that in the first few of these verses, Jesus mentions Father five times. Five times you'll see that word Father mentioned. I need to say this. <laughs> Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism, Charles Taz Russell, founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't have no special revelation from God. They're preaching a different message. And if they say they're telling the truth, somebody's lying. And it ain't Jesus. Somebody's not telling the truth if they say that they're getting a different revelation from God. And it doesn't line up with scripture. Somebody's not telling the truth. Now when the Lord says that all things have been given to me, we don't, we don't see that yet, but we do see it in Matthew 28, 18, where he says, all things have been given to me after he completes the work that he's come to do. After, after he has died and rose from the dead, after he has purchased your salvation. But he mentions it even right here. All things have been given to me. <laughs> you see, there's nobody that can usurp Jesus' authority. Nobody that can take the place of him and say, I have a divine alignment with the Lord above Jesus Christ. Like, like, like with the Joseph Smith saying these plates that were coming out of the ground, only he was the one that could see them. And when somebody went to go investigate, they go back into the ground. Give me a break. Come on now. People believe all kind of foolish stuff today. And yet we have a world that's bent on doing their own thing and thinking that they're okay with God. They're not okay with God. Any special revelation that does not line up with Scripture, it does not stand. It cannot stand. You see, the, the Word of God has to vet how you live and what you do. 
Some people say, I'm going I'm to I'm get there one day. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I tell you this all the time, and, and yet there's no plans. Okay, when? When are you going to do better? W- when does your life begin? You know what? It would be very interesting. If you told PG and me, I'm going to pay that bill one day. One day, I'm going to do better. I'm going to pay that bill. PG and says, I'm going to give you 30 days. 30 days. On day 29, you call, I'm going to do better. I'm going to pay that bill. Day 31 comes. You in the dark. Why y'all turn off my lights? I told you I was going to do better. Your better did not actually move into activity. It didn't do anything. You've got to do something about what, when, when you say something, you've got to do something about it. You've got an open invitation by Jesus. And the crowd before that we read last week rejected him. The wise can't have it. It's only given to those whom the Lord decides to give it because all authority really has been given to him. You see, he has an authority already now, but then he will then take his rightful place at the right hand of God where he was before when he completes his work of salvation. Point number two. You can have rest only in Jesus. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. You can have rest only in Jesus. We see that Jesus gives an, what's called an imperative in verse 28. He gives what we call an imperative. It says in verse 28, come to me, all who labor. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Do you not know when that Jesus says that you can come to him? He did not say, go clean up your act first. Notice, the people before that rejected him, he pronounced judgment. The wise that felt that we can come to God on our own, he did not reveal his plan to them. And Jesus says, now to you who hear my word, those who are heavy laden, those who have burdens, come to me. There are a lot of people today. That says, I got to go get it right first. I got to go clean it up first. Can you imagine standing in the judgment before the Almighty and the Lord asked the question, why didn't you come? Lord, I was making plans to come. For 85 years, made plans and never made it. I always had good intentions. Do intentions count, Lord? No, no. I, I was planning to do this, Lord. I was planning one day. Why didn't you respond? The gift was free. It was already extended. The invitation was to come. I gave a command, come. I didn't even tell you to go clean it up. I just told you just to, In fact, I put no conditions on it. Come unto me, all who are heavy laden. Now, when we consider this matter of Jesus saying, come, the call is to the sinful. Do you not know that you were born in sin and shapen in iniquity? I know some of y'all don't maybe don't believe that. 
but you were born in sin. How many of you know you were born in sin? I don't believe it. Almost everybody in this place raised their hand. Y'all believe y'all was born in sin? Lord have mercy. I don't know what Bible y'all read. I'm going to find some scripture for y'all because I think we're reading a different Bible. Y'all was born in sin. And you were shaped in iniquity, right? In iniquity. Is that what you're telling me? And you've accepted the invitation to come. Did you? Right? Huh. And you've been laboring, right? Heavy laden, right? And you've come to him. Really? Everybody saying yes. Jesus has your burdens. None of y'all worried about nothing. God has it all covered for you. You've accepted him. You've come to him. You've laid your burdens on him. You've taken his on yourself, and everything is nice. Not worrying about nothing. You're obeying him. You're walking in his grace and mercy, his truth. You're following everything that he's called you to do. And then, therefore, you now are at rest. Is that correct? You're at rest. Um, how many of y'all need a vacation when y'all come back from a vacation? How many of y'all need a rest when y'all come back from vacation? Went on vacation and need a rest. I thought y'all went on vacation to rest. Jesus said, okay, he's, he's giving you rest. You've taken it. You're taking your time. But some of y'all real tired. I see it sometime on Sunday morning. But the Lord has it, right? You're, you're, you're okay, right? <laughs> now, let me ask you this. If God has your burden, what are you worried about? What are you struggling with right now? What load are you pulling right now? What has your mind been wondering about? What have you been plagued over? What has just gotten you so deep inside you? You think, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Did you really bring your burdens to Jesus? Did you really lay your burdens at the feet of Jesus? Then that means you should have, you should be able to sleep well at night. <laughs> you, you should be able to just enjoy the Lord and say, the Lord has taken care of everything. You see, one of the things that we've got to realize, and when Jesus says to us, come to me, it is a call to first those that are sinners and that are heavy laden with the sin that is on their backs because they have been weighed down by everything that life has offered, has to offer, which is nothing good in the sense when we think about what God, when he brings salvation, God brings you through. When he says, come to me, and I will give you rest, he gives you rest from a sinful lifestyle. But understand this, he's going to put his yoke upon you. Now let's go on, let's look at this. Rest is only granted to those who come to Jesus. Rest is offered to the children who come to Jesus. Sin will wear you out, and it will age you. You live in sin, people says. Have you seen such and such a person? 
they look so different. They are looking like they have been around a long time. They look much older than I remember them. People with that sin, they've been in sin. And then when they come to the Lord, he said, have you seen such and such? They look so different now. They look younger. It looks like as if something has been lifted from them. When people come to the Lord, they talk about sometimes a burden that's been lifted that they didn't even know they were carrying. They say, I feel so light. I feel like there's been a weight that's been lifted from me. Because when Jesus places his burden and his yoke upon you, you see, you're yoked and connected with Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. You see, the world has a yoke as well. You see, the idea of a yoke comes from farming. It comes from the idea of two oxen uh, being placed together. And the ox uh, under this yoke, they are in a service. You see, the yoke speaks of a service. It is not the labor, but it speaks of a service. When we think of being yoked, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. You see, you don't get to be yoke free. Some of, some of y'all don't want to be yoke free because some people come to the Lord and says, why is this happening to me now? I come to the Lord. I didn't expect all of this. Why am I still struggling this way? Why am I still going through this? Why is this still happening to me? Because we have not yet yoked up with Jesus to begin to do the work that he's called us to do. Some people have come, but they haven't yet yoked up with him. There's a yoking process that has to happen when you come to Jesus. You just don't come to Jesus and stand there. You have to be yoked to him, joined to him. Because his burden is light. You see, there are times when Jesus ministered all day long. And then he would tell his disciples, need to find some quiet time. Go to the other side. And he would send his disciples at times on ahead of him saying, we need to get some rest. Go to the other side. And then he would go to the other side. They would go to the other side. And by the time they pull up, there is a crowd of people standing there waiting for them. And if you note carefully, it was never his disciples saying, you all, we got more ministry to do. It was always Jesus. Whether he's walking on the water, joining them, or in the boat. He was the one that says, come on, I'm going to need to teach you. See, if it was some of y'all, some of y'all say, oh, wait a minute, y'all. What y'all doing here? Jesus just sent us over here to get some rest. Y'all go ahead and leave here. We ain't got time. We are tired. We have been ministering all day on the other side. If y'all wanted y'all blessing, y'all should have been over there. This is our time now. He never did that. Jesus ministered at times until late in the evening. Never complaining about the ministering that needed to take place. Thinking he'd be tired. And yet he was strengthened in his spirit. Why? Because he was doing the work of the Lord. That's why sometimes sometimes when people come to church, they say, oh, I'm just so tired. And by the time they get to church, it's like something happened to me. I got energized when I came into the presence of God, came into the service. I feel pretty good right now. I was really tired and down when I got here. But right now, it's something about being tired. 
in the presence of the Lord, even when you're tired. I remember Sister McLean, Ruby's mom would come sometimes in her nursing outfit, come on into the church, she'd come to choir rehearsal, sit right there. Sit there with her arms folded, mm-hmm, sleep. My dad said, just come on anyway. That's okay. Because she come from work and come sometimes straight to church. Come on a Sunday and sit right up there and doze. Sister Ola B. And you know something, right? They wake, they wake up, that's right, amen. <laughs> but that's what, that's what saints would do. They would come. And she found at times energy and would come and sing. And she would come to the house of the Lord sometimes just as tired. Because she found her strength in the Lord. You see, there is this matter of being yoked with Christ. There is this matter of taking on his burden. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, not only do you take the yoke upon, upon yourself that Jesus gives... But then the Lord says, and learn of me. There is a learning process that happens when you join with Christ. There are sometimes people that get saved, and they know everything there is about the Bible. Oh, and they want to go preach and do all these things. And the Bible talks very, very plainly. Some people that are new in the Spirit, in, in the Lord, don't, don't, don't put them way out there. Don't give them certain responsibilities, because pride can set in. They're not ready. There comes a season and a time. And so there's a time of learning. If you learn one thing, you've learned something. You see, a person that can't be taught doesn't learn anything. People that say one day, and they're going to soon leave here, don't always learn. I don't care how old we get. There's always the process of learning. Jesus has given an invitation. There's an invitation to the sinner. There's an invitation to the child that comes to be yoked up with Christ and to then learn from the Lord. And then he goes on to say, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The world places a very heavy yoke upon you. Do you not know that you cannot stand up under the yoke of the world? Oh, the world has a yoke for you. But you can't stand up under the yoke of the world. The Lord says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. There is a burden that you have to carry. But remember, the Lord is right there with you. You know, with the invitation that the Lord offers, you may not realize this. There's an invitation every morning when you wake up. There's an invitation every morning when you open your eyes. And the Lord says, are you going to join with me today? You're going to join with me? I just, just allow me to lead you and guide you. I am so glad that the Lord didn't reveal his plan to the arrogant. 
It, it wasn't because it, it's not because of the, it's not that the rich or the the smart people don't don't at times get it. It's because they are feeling like I don't need anybody, and especially God. It's the child who's willing to accept. Sometimes with children, you got to be very careful because they'll accept things they shouldn't take. They shouldn't accept. Uh, okay, oh, no, 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 no. You can't. That's not. That's, that's not good. But having that open attitude, Lord. What would you have me to take? You see, the Lord will only give you that which is good for you. Even though it doesn't always feel like it is, doesn't always seem like it is, it is always in and for your good. There are some things I don't like to hear. And if you know, if when there's things that you don't sometimes like to hear, you have a way of tuning it out. Some stuff I don't like to hear from my wife, I tune it out. She'll say something I I don't hear it. Don't want to hear it. I tune it out. Don't look at me funny. Y'all do it too. (laughs) Tune it out sometimes. That's not what I wanted to hear right now. I'm not in the mood for that right now. Maybe later I can hear that. You see... When the Lord speaks, it's not always what you want to hear at the time, but it may be something that you need to hear. Because what is being said to me at times is the very thing I need to hear right at that time. Ah, yeah. And what keeps us sometimes from hearing it? Pride. Peel everything else away. Pride. That's what it is. Take my yoke upon you. I want to challenge you today as we, clo- as we come to a conclusion with this message. When the Lord says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, the Lord has a plan. And I'm convinced that God's plan does not go just like this. God's plan goes like this, like this, like this, like that, like this. I don't like roller coasters. But God's plan can be just like a roller coaster. When I first got on the roller coaster in Santa Cruz, I didn't know what I was in for. I did not know that my stomach could do that. Be in my throat, the top of my head. I was sick all day long. I was in the seventh or eighth grade. I said I'd never get on a roller coaster again. I go to the amusement park and I will walk all day long. Arcade, bumper cars, roller coaster is not for me. I don't like them. Go take some some nauseous or motion sickness medication for riding some of that stuff. Kids go, Dad, you gonna rise up? No, bumper cars, arcade, that's me. Y'all go ahead. I just get dizzy looking at y'all going around. No. When you're in this walk with the Lord, some of you want to get off the ride. But as long as I stayed on that roller coaster, I knew that it would get me back to the place where where I started. And I could get off then. But I had to stay there. When the Lord is leading you, I don't care what it seems like, how deep sometimes the drop is. The Lord says, 
you're yoked with me. And anytime you're yoked with the Lord, he will not only see you through, he will see you through victoriously. He's already revealed the plan to those, of his, to those who have come to him. If you are a child of God, you've come to him. He's going to take you through. Don't worry about all the dips and ins and outs. Everything can be a steady climb. In order to grow, you've got to have all the peaks and valleys, all the valleys as well. We're dealing with some things right now on Wednesday that some of y'all should be here for. Oh, I knew it would be good for you. Some people, some questions even came up on Thursday in the men's meeting. God is doing something, and yet we can't live a comfortable life. There's some things that we need to be exposed to. And let me say this in conclusion. When the Lord pronounced judgment on those cities, they had put aside the miracles that he had performed. Even though most of his miracles were done right in that place, the people said, no. The way that we know that we're growing is that we're not staying in the same place spiritually. If your life is not moving, if you're not exposing yourself to truth constantly, you're going to be fed with something. We need to challenge ourselves beyond the norm. I wish I, I, I wish I, I wish I could re- just remember everything there was in the Bible. I sometimes read something, and the next day, what, what? Wait a minute. Next moment, what did I just read? What was that? And I'm looking up. Saying, I thought I understood. I don't understand it now. I thought I understood that. That's sometimes what happens. And then go back the next day. Did I read that? We're sometimes in, we're sometimes in new prayer. Did we read 58 or 59? 58, I think. No, we're 59? 60. It looks familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah, we read that. And then we go on. We sometimes have to make sure we're exposed. We have to remember this. There is an invitation that's been offered by the Lord. And the invitation is... Come and take upon you my yoke. My burden is light. Lord, today in this place, may we unyoke all the stuff that other people have put on our wagons, (laughs) other stuff people have put on our plates. May we unyoke, unyoke those things. There was a yoke that when God, we came to you that that you put on us, and somehow we've allowed just so many other things to be put there. It, it means that, Lord, I'm, I'm going to come to you because your burden is light. There is work to be done, but it can be accomplished because you are right there helping us. We are doing your work, your plan. We have the truth, Lord. You have given us truth. You have revealed it to us. Your Father, Lord, has given you to Jesus what it was he had for his disciples and the people. And Jesus then chose who to give it to. Lord, you have chosen to give it to us. May we hold precious your word. May we learn 
of you and accept the invitation to come and learn of the Lord. This world is passing away. There are people that's out that's bent on our destruction. They mean harm for the body of Christ. And Lord, I am convinced that if we're not securely fastened to you, we'll be shaken by some of the events that are taking place in this world today. But if we can remember that our hope is in the Lord, not the White House, not Congress, not the Senate, our hope is in the Lord. May we not be shaken because of all the events, but may we begin to shake others loose from complacency. May we shake, Lord, those things that can be shaken off and say, Lord, I want more of Jesus. May more of the Lord shine through. In fact, we have all of the Lord that we're going to have, but may the Lord shine through more and more through our very lives. We love you today in this place. You are so good and so awesome. You have blessed us abundantly. You favored us with the word of God. Others followed so many different, so many people follow other types of religions and believe they have to worship all types of wood and stone. But today, God, you have blessed us with truth. And we thank you for that. It's not because we are, Lord, better than others. It's because we are just children that responded to the call of the Lord to come. Thank you for extending the invitation. Now may we not spurn the invitation. Now may we learn of the Lord. Lord, we'll be learning from now until the time you call us home. And even then, throughout all eternity, worshiping you and still learning. We thank you right now. For the wonderful privilege of what you have done and are doing. Be glorified in this place. And as we leave this place today, we pray that you will keep us in strength. And as we do love you, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday, Kaluma, Wednesday here. God bless you. Amen.